0: it is adam welcome back to bringing it backwards a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom on this episode we had a chance to chat with adrian aka Yolklore, over zoom video adrian was born and raised in new york and talks about how he got into music he does come from a very artistic household pretty much everyone on both sides of adrian's family are into the arts In some way or another, Uh, he talks about getting into drums at age nine. His sister was 12 and wanted to learn how to play drums, wanted drum lessons. And that was something Adrian was drawn to immediately. He started to take drum lessons and continued to play drums for a number of years. He talked about drumming and singing at the same time. He did that in some of his high school bands. He talked about a talent show they played where he dropped the drumstick uh, doing a cover of My Name is Jonas by Weezer and having to restart the song during the talent show. We hear about his time in Walk the Moon and writing the first major hit song for Walk the Moon and a which he wrote about his uh, college professor. Adrian talks about leaving Walk the Moon, other various projects he's been in and started, going to India to live at a monastery for nine months, then moving back to New York, he talks about how Yokelore was really formed, and we hear all about the new album and the big tour he has coming up as well. You can watch our interview with Adrian on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Yolk Lore. Hey, what's up, Adrian? How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you doing this.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Um, I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the the new album. I had a chance to hear it; it's awesome. Oh, thanks for listening. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, the the next single, it, the 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 two next singles are, I think, are my favorite from the album too. I thought that was cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so this is again about you and your your journey in music. So uh, I always start off with uh, "Born and Raised." Where were you born? Were uh, you born in New York?
1: Yeah, I was born, yeah, in New York, um, in Washington Heights and raised on the upper west side. Um we also we moved to the to the woods when I was a little bit older. Um, so I got kind of New York City and then the suburban whole deal. I got to like get a Jeep and go to high school and like party in the woods. Oh, that's whole-
0: cool. So when yeah. you were in high school, is when you moved uh moved out of the city? Mm-hmm very very cool um i I know you your brother's obviously in the arts as well, but do you come from an artistic household as far as your parents go or a musical household at all
1: yeah um uh the whole thing it's all art <laughs> um, okay <laughs> i have my grandma was a was a painter i have um sculptors and dancers on on both sides of the family My father was an actor forever uh-huh from- as a director um uh yeah my sister's a voice actress now um my uh my mother is an identical twin actually no way and so my like my cousins are technically my half brothers and um one of them is in a band called show me the body okay and he also plays the banjo that's um,
0: awesome
1: it's like hardcore music and the other one is a is a choreographer. He's he's just making something for the Martha Graham Dance Company.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the arts in your in your family—that's yeah. so cool. So obviously, good. what you're doing was definitely embraced, and I'm sure uh, you know it wasn't yeah. something that was like, "Oh, you're going to try to do that as well." It was like, "Oh no, we we encourage this." <laughs>
1: yeah, it was kind of like I, they—I don't know how they did it, but they convinced us all that art was really the only thing worth doing. Um, I wish
0: my parents did that. That's such a rad aspect. And then
1: when we we all became artists, they were all
0: like, are you sure? (laughs) I knocked my headphones off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's cool that you all kind of lean towards it too. I mean, uh, I've, I've interviewed other artists that either, you know, it could be all the other way around, right? If your parents are into, you know, film or, if they're into music, you might be like, "Oh, I don't want to do that." Like, that's just that's what my parents do, or that's what my family does. Like, I want to go this route.
1: I think there is also the 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 fact that they, you know, they're both artists who decided to do other things. My mm-hmm. my father became a psychoanalyst, um, wow. and my mother is kind of like a like a guru now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all kind of left the arts in some respect, and I think um i don't think they either either of them regretted it but but i think they really wanted to give us the opportunity to make our lives about it in a way that they didn't
0: you know Mm -hmm. yeah no that's really 100 percent. that's really cool um what about as far as like playing an instrument was that something you uh picked up very early on or you like put in piano lessons or anything like that as a kid yeah, I
1: mean, we always, we had a bunch, we had lots of instruments around. And music was always a thing. Um, my sister on her, I think it was her 12th birthday, like begged for drum lessons. And I remember this. I remember like her begging my parents for drum lessons. And I was like nine and she, she started taking drum lessons. And I was like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened this is the coolest thing that's ever been. I need to also take drum lessons or I'm going to become a loser at nine. Um, at nine. <laughs> so we both started taking drum lessons. And then eventually she kind of like went into the more musical theater world. And I just kept playing the drums.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you play drums for, and, and obviously in a, in a, in a really successful band at, uh, and, kind of i don't know if that's where your music career started but i mean to to start off on drums at nine um were you did you start other bands or was that kind of something that you wanted to pursue obviously you can write really well you have an incredible voice you can play a bunch of instruments but was drums kind of the main thing through most of your adolescent life
1: yeah drums is always the thing i had a couple bands in middle school and high school that i drum that i played drums um and sang in um Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, there was, there was a time when I, th- I thought I could do both, you know. Uh-huh. I, since I've figured out that I, I think I need to do one or the other just because I, maybe it's, it's, I can't like split myself like that, or maybe I'm just not as good of a performer when I drum or something, but I felt like I needed to like leave the drums to come to the front of the stage, you know. Um, yeah.
0: But or yeah, maybe I've you couldn't done do done as technical it. as stuff. I mean, if you're drumming yeah. and trying to think and count, and, and then it's like, okay, now I gotta sing this piece. Uh, I I could see how that could get really complicated, oh, yeah. obviously. I remember I
1: was I was once we were performing at a talent show in like eighth or ninth grade with my band Chicken Fist. <laughs> um, I I dropped a stick during during the set, and there was just like no. There's no recovery to be had because I was going to have to leave the mic to pick up the stick.
0: And oh, I was sure. going to
1: stop drumming. And it was just like, so I just stopped. And I was like, guys, I dropped my stick. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> Did you guys start over the song? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it, was a, it was a
1: Weezer cover. It was, uh, man, what was it? I forget. It was something off Weezer Blue.
0: Okay. That's amazing. Um, oh, my
1: name, is,
0: my name is Jonas, I think. Oh, wow. That's a, I, <laughs> that'd be a hard one to sing and play drums at too, I think. Do, do, my do, name do, is Jonas. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, so you did that, you were in, you know, bands and stuff. Like, was yeah. that a path that you kind of always knew you were going to continue doing, like playing drums and then being in, you know, bands and stuff through high school? Was it like, oh, this is what I want to focus all my time on. This is what I want to do as a career.
1: I guess I didn't really think of it like that until around college. Um, you know, I just went to a liberal arts school um, and I kind of wanted to just like explore and study a bunch of stuff. Um, and then I remember actually one of my, one of my good friends whose nickname is funky Uh, came to visit me at school. And Funky was like, despite Funky's name, he's like a very straight and narrow guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like in an econ program and he was going to become an accountant. That was like, he had a very planned out and lined up. And he was like, what are you going to do after school? Like, what are you going to do with your liberal arts degree, Adrian? I was like, I don't know. Like, I'll play music, I think. And he was like, I can't believe that's your plan. Like, this is, this is the worst (laughs) plan ever, Adrian. I was like, yeah, no, but like probably it'll, it'll probably work. So (laughs) I think I always just had like, I don't know. I think music is, is like a, for me, it's like a a bit of a compulsion. Like Mm -hmm. it's like shitting or pissing or something. Like when you put me on the ground, I, I start to make music and, and it just happens. And so I think it's, it was kind of just finding a way for me to do that, you know, so I could keep doing what I do.
0: And when you were in college, is that when you met the other guys and, and walked the moon? I mean, we're not going to spend time mm-hmm. too much time on this, but I was just curious because I know it's part of your journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Um, yeah. I met Nick Petrika when I was a freshman um, and he had already started the band with, with uh, a couple of friends of his. Um, and we were in an a cappella group together. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, called The Chasers. Um, and early in my freshman year, he re- he arranged a... He was a senior and I was a freshman. He arranged the song Roxanne for me to sing in our, like, fall concert. And um, it just brought
0: us, like, kind of close together. We just became great friends after that. And... Um, and they- you ended up just playing drums with them at, at yeah, I know you sang backups and stuff. I remember yeah, I, one day
1: they needed like a, a back, like a, a replacement drummer for a gig in Cincinnati. And I was like, I play the drums. And so I kind of like learned the songs on the drive down. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember like, like listening to the song over and over again in the car and like jumping on the thing, like on the, on the dashboard. Um, and, but it went okay. Well enough. Um, they asked me back and then I, yeah, I joined the band shortly after that. Um, and that was really my first introduction into the industry and how it worked and kind of, uh, yeah, it was like my little foot in the door, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you played on that first EP, right. Which ended up being the album and Mm -hmm. you signed RCA and all that. Were you, were you still in the band at that point or had you, uh, had left? Okay
1: yeah i was still in the band when we signed rca i was like in the process of leaving around then um i had just i was like um i had just gone through like a really bad breakup around that time Mm -hmm. and the walk the moon i was kind of feeling like i was like it wasn't ever like my thing you know it was like really wonderful to like be a part of and and meeting Nick and Adam were like it was such a such a gift to me and for like the way I, you know, created and what I wanted for my music. But in the end it just wasn't mine. And um when we started, when we signed with RCA, it was just it became evident that it was gonna become like real and big and intense. And so I think I was just like I needed to kind of find my own space. Mm-hmm
0: yeah uh-huh. no, know I, that makes a lot of sense for sure because it's you they already kind of had it going and then you you filled in for the show and then joined the band but to be there for that success obviously that must have been exciting I mean yes, to see yeah the band grow and um I yeah, was on the radio had- for a number of years and I remember we played Aniston when I was I lived I worked on this live 105 the station in San Francisco and I remember when I first heard that song I was like oh these guys are this is really a, a rad record and um, yeah. Obviously, you you played on in around that time as well.
1: remember the night we wrote that song, actually, in Cincinnati. Was it in? Was it at that show? That'd be wild if it was. No, it was, at, <laughs> it was in Nick's basement at his mom's house in Cincinnati. And I remember calling my dad after we wrote the song. And I was like, Dad, we just wrote a
0: really, really good song.
1: And he was like, whoa. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like really good.
0: And he was like, OK, let's go. And but then yeah, it if- became a hit. Yeah,
1: it's about my uh, my uh, sophomore year sociology professor.
0: Oh, really? So it's, it was about your teacher. I remember th- that being a, a bit of it, like that it was yeah. written about a teacher. I didn't know it was written about your yeah, teacher. Yeah, it was though. actually
1: just... that, that bad breakup that I was going through. Um, I was going through this bad breakup. This girl just like totally trashed my heart. And um, she's great though. She's like, no, no, no knock against Caroline. But um, I, yeah, she totally like broke my heart. And I was totally like, just just absolute um I was in shambles and it was the day before my sociology midterm and I went into the midterm got a d um and Anna's son calls me into her office the next day and she's just like and you know Kenyon is so small this is kind of how it was but she called me into her office she's like Adrian like what happened like you're not a dumb kid like you, we have great discussions in class every day. Like, you know, the material, like what happened. And I just kind of like broke down and like, just kind of told her everything, just like cried for hours in her office. And so that's what, that's what that song's about. Wow. Like telling Anastasia about your breakup.
0: That's fascinating. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that was your story. That's so cool. I mean, it's not a, it's not cool that that happened to you, but I mean, that's cool that that's kind of what, <laughs> what created that, you know, that song. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, she's and son- wonderful too. Anna Sun is like, oh, she's not. Not only is she like one of the kindest and most gentle people, but she's like, she is one of the most illustrious academic careers that like that's ever been. And it, I was, I always felt bad that like the song kind of like supplanted her notoriety on the internet, like almost immediately, like. To find right. Amazon on the internet, you have to scroll through like hundreds of pages of fucking,
0: you know. <laughs> Walk the moon, <laughs> White pages in Cincinnati. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you still stay in contact with her? I do email with her sometimes. That's cool. That's Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's um, so yeah, you ended up leaving to pursue your own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was, was probably, I would imagine, a little bit difficult to be like, okay, this is like, working like you know what's this going to be like if i leave
1: it was a a different it was kind of like a weird time for me i ended up going to india after that and kind of living in an ashram
0: for like nine months wow um what was that like that must have been totally obviously different than what you are used to in new york definitely definitely different um
1: yeah i don't know i was like it was like it 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 was hard it felt like it wasn't my thing but i knew that it was I knew that it was going to be successful and that it was going to be real. Um, and it wasn't the hard part wasn't pulling myself away, but just how to mobilize that for myself mm-hmm. was was difficult and confusing. And um, yeah, so I went away to India for
0: like nine months and I was, I was like, I'm going to go live in a monastery for a while. And you, uh, were you doing, I mean, were you able to do music at all there or was it just totally mm-hmm. focused? different yeah
1: I I I bought a sitar while I was there and played a lot of sitar um but no it was kind of just about like getting back to some stillness for me and slowing down and kind of kind of figure out what I wanted Mm -hmm. out of life you know um but yeah it was a it was a beautiful time I just like sat down and did like you know meditated for like eight hours
0: a day wow and um, so you then you move back to new york from, from yeah there?
1: yeah actually after a while it was like not the right thing for me i no, i realized not that it was bad and buddhism is a beautiful philosophy but uh-huh. though i think this the sedentary aspect of of that kind of life um wasn't it didn't turn out to to uh be beneficial for me in the long run i don't think and for some keep, people, kind of like stillness is really good. And for me, I, I'm just too, uh, just too much going yeah, on. I yeah, keep moving.
0: <laughs> yeah. From playing drums in a band and, and, and doing that at that level to, you know, meditating for eight hours. I'm sure that had to be a, an adjustment for sure. A lot. Um, so you come back and I know you've had other projects before uh, mm-hmm. uh, Yorklore. but when, when do you eventually start th- this project?
1: Um, so I came back, finished up school. I started a, a kind of like a screamo folk band called poor Remy. Um, and that was really fun. It kind of like introduced me to the banjo, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of gave me a, a new way in a little bit, you know, um, cause drums is a, is a really beautiful way in, but it's just, it's, it gets limiting, um, and so I needed to find a drum that I could play melodically. Um, so the banjo was just that. And it kind of offered me a whole nother kind of. Uh, vista of, of places to go um, and of like worlds to explore the banjo. is So people have only done it one way, you know, people mm-hmm. you've only heard like assholes and suspenders with, with like, <laughs> and, and like play it or like deliverance, you know, and like the guitar has been played like lefty, upside down, backwards, like fucking people play with their teeth and shit. Like right. it put all kinds of weird strings on it, and just no one's done anything to banjo. It's so one thing, Um, and it was I think that's something that I could that I saw I could really add myself to. Um,
0: so did you approach it differently? Like did you tried playing it differently, or like was it just okay? This has only been done one way. Like I'm going to. Yeah. Find my I, own I creativity with to, this thing.
1: Yeah, I kind of wanted to play it my own way. um I, you know, I can, I think part of being a, a musician is being able to kind of explore new instruments and mm-hmm. kind of have, have a, I have a bit of a knack for instruments. And if you leave me alone in a room with an instrument for a while, I can probably figure it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um Not master it or, or get good at it, but like, you know, figure it out. Um, and the banjo i just wanted to kind of figure out um, and i listened to a whole lot of like folk music and bluegrass and uh, even like rock music with it and i just like taught myself songs and started there and became really uh close with it as mm-hmm. a as like a sonic force i think it's like so i think its specificity is Part of the reason why um i think it's so uh like it's so american right like like sounds really american and i think because of that specificity you can really do so much with it you know
0: mm-hmm. no, that's a great way to describe it american because yeah you think of like folk or americana or anything the, any the, like in that realm or that genre it's like banjo you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah. exactly um. So You had various projects, and then eventually this one starts. Yeah, and you wrote right, around absolutely. 2015 or 2016, is that what I saw? Yeah, I
1: think around 16, I was uh, I was kind of like signing a deal with it for another project called Yellerkin, and the deal kind of like fell apart. It was with this French label, I don't know what I was doing, but the deal kind of fell apart in this amazing this amazing guy who's who i still credit with with being the reason this project exists his name is mike clemenza um and he's one of these guys who exists in the world to just like man he just finds finds young artists and supports them and he's like one of these just such a graceful creative force in the on the earth today um and he has a blog called Blah 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 Science, which is also an, an indie label. And he was gonna do the American distribution for that French deal. And when it fell apart, he came to me and he was like, Hey man, I love your music. I love your writing. I, you should go make some more and I'll like pay for it. And then you can then we can figure out how to release it together after that. And I was like,
0: Okay. So he just gave you free reign to be like, uh yeah, this isn't gonna work, but you can start something fresh, and we'll yes, yeah. I'll do. Let you do whatever. Yeah, he's
1: like, here's some money. Go record some new stuff. I totally trust you. Like, and then we'll figure out how to get it out after that. And that became the first Yolklore EP.
0: No way. Was that? did you feel like there was a lot of pressure there because it, this guy's, you know, financially investing in it, and it's like, am I gonna be able to? to create what he wants? I mean, or were you just like, he trusts me, I'm just going to go do my thing.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of like, I just, you know, I just finished this other group of songs for, for that band Yellerkin. And I was really proud of them. And that when that deal fell apart, I was like, that's the best thing I'm ever going to do. You know, I'm never going to write another song again. Uh, But you know, as I said, like music for me is a is a compulsion, and, and whether I like it too or not. Um, and so I always have a ton of music ready. Um, I always have so much in the in the hopper. You know, there's just like when the pandemic happened, I was just like, great, I got time to write now, and so I wrote. I just sat down and like wrote for two years. It was awesome.
0: Really, um, wow. Is that what came of this album, or? Um... Were there Mm -hmm. songs that prior to that that you had, you know, put out?
1: There are some songs that are older than the pandemic, but most of the, most of the songs have came out of that
0: period of forced kind of stillness, you know? Uh, And you feel like that had an effect on your writing and the, in the songs in general? Yeah. I had been, when when the pandemic happened, I had been like touring pretty, pretty like
1: constantly for like three years, three or four years. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find time in this industry to write, you know, it's touring is so productive. You know, there's nothing at least from, from what I've seen, there's nothing that moves the needle, like being in a room with people, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just like, there's nothing you can get on as many fucking playlists as you want, but there's nothing like hearing that bass and like having it reverberate in your chest. Like there's just nothing like it, you know? Um, and so I've just focused on that for for a while as the way to, you know, to reach more people, to make this project uh, wider and deeper and farther. Um, and writing kind of, you know, gets left by the wayside some of the time because it's not uh, – there's no, like, results when you write a song. It's just – just, right. you know,
0: There's no, yeah, you're not seeing like a physical reaction maybe or energy from people. It's a long
1: game, you know. It's the it's the long game and and it's a beautiful game, but it's a long one. And I have to kind of force myself to like be like, hey, like stop. Let's just focus on the on the long game for a second. And so the, the pandemic really just gave me an opportunity to to get back to that, which is important.
0: Yeah. Um, and so with the you know, that that happening and recording the the album was this something that you kind of did on your own or like when it came to and did you know you're writing an album or were you just putting a bunch of songs or just writing a bunch of songs and you saw like oh there's like a through line here to make an album when I I wrote about two hundred songs during the pandemic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's wow. So,
1: there's so much. I have way too much material right now. Um did I the album is much longer. At first, when I first kind of formed it, it was brown twenty songs Wow, um, and I pared it down a lot, um just making it
0: more concise um you essentially cut it in half I mean, yeah <laughs> at least the 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 the, re- the thing I have the i don't know mm-hmm. if this is the track i I don't know if it's in the right order or whatever, but um yeah, yeah it's the from twenty to what yeah. it is now. I know
1: it's it's definitely I had to pare it down a lot I wanted to uh, you know I am I read like 700 page books I meditate for eight hours a day like I I like um I like I think I appreciate art that um challenges you to engage with it in in ways that not a lot of people can um and I recognize that not everyone has that type of, um, relationship with their own, you know, uh, stamina and like their own kind of like intellectual fortitude. I'm constantly trying to like, it's like muscle, like let's go further harder. But I also needed to like balance that out with, um, just giving people a good experience and giving them, you know, if you don't, You can say something to anyone, and if you're not speaking in a language that they can understand, it's just gonna go over their head and be useless, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really had to work to figure out how to not be so um a bit self-indulgent in how I was talking and how I was speaking, or like, you know, how I was offering the album. Mm -hmm. And I think I had to like rein myself in a bit. Um yeah and and kind of offer people a more concise and more direct and more kind of uh something easier to digest
0: um yeah i mean yeah because to have 20 songs like was it difficult then to be like okay like were you how long did it take you to really sit there and focus on is this you know which ones am i gonna have to pull off the album i mean did you have it in a certain order i know like even track listing where you put song one versus song seven, like that's probably uh, a big, you know, duty there, right. A big task to be like, okay, how's this thing going to like flow? Yeah. You know, concisely. And then it's like, okay, well now I'm going to remove these songs. Like, did it take you a while to figure out which ones would actually then make the album?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It did. It's hard to kill your darlings, you know? Right. Right. But it's, um, is it's necessary. And it's, it's, You know, music is so, there's a lot of, um, it's hard because everything comes out of you and when things come out of you, they, they're still like part of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to be okay with, uh, killing off parts of yourself in order to get to the next place, you know? And that's honestly a lot of what this album is about. Um, uh and the uh, the difficult nature of that transition <laughs> i think is kind of embodied in the record mm-hmm. but there is like a lot of uh there's a lot there's a lot of truth i think and uh, like yeah i just think i i really needed to internalize the idea that you need to uh Yeah, they need to like part with um, aspects of yourself that don't make sense anymore in order to be uh, honest with yourself or relevant or or legible or like digestible. Or like, I think you need to kind of constantly be, uh, you know, updating your truth.
0: Right, right. No, that makes 100 percent uh yeah. was there a song on the the album or or something that was like i'm sure they're all obviously personal to you or was there one that you were like like over- like maybe more vulnerable than than usual on or or is there a, a song on the record that you feel like wow like when you when you wrote it or whatever it was like i this is so spec- like i don't i don't know if mm-hmm. that even makes sense like was there a song that you when it was done you're like damn like okay like this is like that was a release type deal.
1: Yeah, I've always, I mean, um, the song Winona Nona
0: uh-huh. was uh,
1: was a song that was pretty much. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound weird, but like it, it felt like it was given to me. Like some songs, you really sound have sound weird. It, well, I don't want to sound like oh, like you know like oh, but. Uh, <laughs> But the some songs you really have to like wrestle to the ground, you know, you kind of have to like wrangle them from the ether. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they're not kind of like complete when they get there and you have to kind of like negotiate how you want them to be, how you want the world to hear them, how, you know, kind of like how you want to be seen through them. Um, and this song just fucking arrived. Oh, wow. Just in full, like I just had the idea, had the lyrics, had the pacing, just all came kind of at once. And as it's a rare, that's a rare thing to have happen, at least for me in my writing experience. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's really a, b- a beautiful moment
0: when something like that happens. Because you know that. Can, no, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No,
1: it can, it can just really be a struggle art making is not always um very rarely actually is it is it easy and fun <laughs> and uh and yeah when i got that song it was just like
0: whoa yeah is that is that why you chose to release that one first on the album
1: i think so yeah it felt like um i don't know it felt like some it felt like uh it's i think is the it's the last song i wrote for the album
0: actually um oh wow really so that and then it was the first to go and it was the the one that kind of came to you
1: yeah i think it was the one that was like kind of finished the album for me and it was and it was kind of like the capstone kind of offering um to myself and the world and it was kind of like a It's, it's a song about, you know, something, you know, tragic happening and you having to kind of like rewrite your own narrative a little bit so as not to like, so as not to like break apart or disintegrate or, or, or like get engulfed in flames. You have to kind of like change your own story, you know? Yeah. Yeah kind of uh like rewrite your history so that you can create a new future for yourself um and I think that was like an important idea to finish this record with um you know as as I go into and kind of delve into the nature of change and to like the the nature of uh I guess evolution and metamorphosis. I think there's a lot of like, um, like there's, there's so much responsibility there mm-hmm. to like, be conscious of what you're learning. will be conscious of how you're interacting with the world, be conscious of where you're fucking going so that when you get there, you're not like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but there's also this like a, at the same time there's just this like i think a necessary balancing consciousness that's like you're doing fine like
0: mm-hmm.
1: be easy on yourself you can change your history you're not stuck in this kind of uh this like uh th- this this difficult process you know like you can rewrite your own story um there's like hope in there you know
0: right yeah i love that because i'm I'm, i've felt that and i'm i'm sure a lot of other people have where it's like you know i would love to you know you kind of retell or yeah rewrite your your story in the sense that you can kind of deal with it at that point yeah yeah i know i love the album man like that there's a lot of depth to it musically and obviously lyrically but i mean yeah because there's uh i think it's shape is a lot of it's really acoustic based um Mm -hmm. which is cool but then it's you know got a lot of eaves and flows to the album i just think it's it's a really really rad record um you're putting it out in end of september Mm -hmm. um, and you're doing what a tour coming up as well or at the end of the summer
1: yeah tour starts next month um we're doing like a month of cities between august and september Mm -hmm. um coming to a city near you and (laughs) uh yeah i'm super excited to play play new songs we're like adding a member to the to the band um it's just gonna be like bigger and better and uh and longer
0: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) but i'll survive and i hope this the sorry go ahead no it's the it's called the holy havoc tour
0: very very cool and is this i mean being in obviously like COVID and isolation and then writing this record, is this like the first kind of extensive tour you've done since then?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This will be like my first full length, uh, headline tour since then. Wow. And like little support things here and there. Um, but this is like the, the official, the official comeback.
0: Very cool, man. Well, um, again, I love what you're doing and I appreciate you taking time today to, to chat with me.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for talking with
0: me. Yeah, I have one more question. Or actually, no, I thought of one more. So two more questions real quick. Uh, with uh, You said that you meditated eight hours a day. Um, okay. uh, this is something I've been getting into within the past year, um, oh, cool. which I think is really beneficial. I can't do eight hours. I mean, it's like 25. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was, think my wife would slap me. We have two kids running around. I'm like, don't worry, babe. I'm going to be meditating for the next eight <laughs> hours. <laughs> uh, but is that something that uh, you continually did or were you doing that prior to going uh, and moving to India? Or was that something that you learned there and and continued doing when you got back to, to the States? And do you feel like that changed your Like, does it help with your your songwriting and uh, your creative process and everything? Or maybe you don't even want to get into it. I'm just curious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Um, (laughs) No, I was, it was a beautiful, it is a beautiful thing, meditation. I was, I went a little bit too hard when I was was living there in in the monastery. I think I got a little bit, um, I don't know. I think I got a little bit too attached to like, weird sensations that kind of, when you meditate that much, you start to be able to like do weird things with your body. And like, I started to be able to do like weird stuff. And I once like went to this monk and I was like, yo, I can do this crazy thing after, after like hour five, I can do this like wild thing with the, with the adrenaline in my body. And he was like, you have to stop meditating, dude. <laughs> oh, wow. And he was like, don't do that. And he was like, you're going to get attached to it. And like they were whole this whole thing is like for non-attachment and you gotta like take take a week off or something and I was like oh, man it's so cool I I was able to like send adrenaline through my body like on command it was wild
0: no but, way
1: yeah it was pretty crazy I mean but anything you if you do anything that long like that like and focus that much on it like you can you you can do crazy stuff the body is wild.
0: Yeah, the um, mind and the body is really that's so yeah, fascinating. Super, super powerful, you know. Um but yeah, I do meditate still.
1: Not obviously like that, but yeah, still do. My you know, I I was before that I was a yoga teacher.
0: Oh, cool. I don't know.
1: Yeah, my mom's like this like a yoga like guru and she has all these like people that like follow her around the world and she teaches them stuff. And but yeah, so I've I've done yoga forever. I um I'm, I used to teach and I, I used to like lead retreats around places and stuff, but um but now I, I think I just use meditation more so as just like an awareness practice. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's it's easy to forget yourself. Like when you're going around your day, it's easy to get lost in the action and it's it's tough to like Come back to yourself and like what the fuck you're supposed to be doing, like what the hell you're supposed to remember, and kind of like how your the framework of your life fits into a larger kind of structure and narrative and purpose um and it's it's just easy to get lost in in like everyone's always fucking busy, you know mm-hmm. um it's hard to come back to um. Come back to yourself, you know. And I think meditation is a really good opportunity to be like you know, um one of the meditations I do is like a is like a gratitude meditation.
0: I was and gonna I just, say that's what I've been doing. Actually, that's how I started yeah. doing it. It was being it was is the gratitude meditation.
1: That's yeah, it's great. You just go through every single person you've ever met and and thank them. And it's like a wild it's a really wild uh, practice and like an attempt. You, yeah, I don't think you ever do it, but it's a, yeah, it's it'd be a hard to remember everybody you've ever met. But that's... yeah, and try to thank them all. It's crazy, but it's like a wonderful thing. Um, but Yeah, I think like little things like that. There's like, you know, a thousand different object oriented meditation. There's like mantra, there's mm-hmm. repetition, there's chanting. Um, but whatever it is, it's all the same thing. And it all is just supposed to bring you back to yourself. So that like, we're not so, they're not like just assholes running around blind, you know? <laughs> right,
0: right. Uh, wow. But th- yeah, that's really fascinating. Like I said, I've, it's, it, I've only been at it for uh, less than a year now, but it's very, it, it definitely works and helps. And it's was something I'm like, this isn't going to make a difference. And it's like, it. I mean, to take 30 minutes total time out of your day to do it is wild, the the, the results that you receive from
1: yeah yeah it's yeah that's the thing it's like doesn't take that much for us to really
0: change our own consciousness yeah yeah the gratitude thing was huge for me that's what uh i needed and you know that's cool yeah i think 15 minutes in the morning and at night it's like yeah it does wonders but uh thank you so much again adrian i appreciate your time my last question is if you have any advice for aspiring artists
1: yes people but I, i i get a lot of this actually um you know, kids just reaching out, being like, "How do you get your music on Spotify? How do you get how do you get touring? How do you tour and stuff?" Honestly, I would I would say just um, just make stuff and go play it for people. I, I I've I've played so many variety shows and talent shows in my in my throughout my young life. It's silly. I also played to like me and Walk the Moon. We were once playing this bar in. Akron, Ohio. Before Lebron had-
0: James, exactly. Yeah, well, Lebron <laughs> wasn't around. <but> we, <laughs> we,
1: we were playing this bar, and this was before we, you know, found our our modicum of fame. But we were about four songs in, and the bartender was like, "How many songs you guys got left?" <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "I think that I think we're done." Actually, yeah. um so You got to like do that. um I think it's important just to like make stuff and then go play it for people and like, see, see their reactions, see, um, how it feels to, to tell someone a story that way. You know, um, it's there's it's the music industry is so kind of like in the grips of social media right now. Um, and I think it's easy to get confused and, um, discouraged by that. Um, but I think like put it into real life, like write a write a real life song and go play it to real life people and um see how that feels. And you'll kinda like know from that, I think.